and I'm Shelly Pignataro. I am the Program Manager for Resuscitation Quality and Systems, as well as the Associate Clinical Director for SimPeats. Hi, I'm Colleen Nixon. I am the Nursing Professional Development Specialist on the Inpatient Hematology Oncology Floor, also known as Six North. Hi, I'm Caroline Costello. I'm the Nursing Professional Development Specialist for the Hematopoietic Stem Cell Transplant Unit, or otherwise known as Six West. And hi, my name is Louise Quigley. I'm also a Nursing Professional Development Specialist on Seven West, which is one of our four inpatient medical units. Thank you guys for um, for coming. So I want to talk a little bit about your organizational membership because I'm I'm trying to explore a little bit about what some professional organizations are. And so Colleen and Caroline and Louise, what professional memberships are out there and available for nurses? And what are ones that you maybe belong to? And what do you find the benefit of those organizations to be? Well, the one that I'm most involved with is the Society of Pediatric Nursing. I'm the chapter president, actually, from Massachusetts. So I've been in that role for over 10 years now. Children's Hospital actually started the program with National, you know, started the chapter with National. And they were looking for new leadership to come in. And, you know, it was me, Laura DeBenedictus, um, a couple of other people that were long timers. And we were like, we don't want to see this go. And so we just like stepped up to the plate and got involved and sticking with it, some of us. And we're looking for new blood, too. So what I love about the organization itself is that it's pediatrics. And it's general pediatric, as opposed to other organizations I've belonged to, which are nursing professional development or informatics or simulation. This is just general peds. And they have lots of focus groups and committees uh, within the national organization that we have members from our chapter that belong to. And you've got a great network of people to bounce things off of and get information like, what's your best practice in your institution? And So going to the national conference every year, too, is like a bonus. It's like, you know, you've got a poster and people are willing and wanting to see what you've done in your institution. And I think being at Children's, we do so much, but think everybody knows about it, but they don't. And they're thrilled to see, you know, the work that we've been doing. And but I'm always interested to see what other institutions are doing. Um, and they, they'll accept posters and podium presentations for some of their like new grads or students that are in school and they have scholarship. And it's for the more generalized pediatric population, obviously, which and then I belong to an inpatient medical unit. So it's perfect for my line of work. But anybody that does any peds can join. We have nurses in our chapter from academia, community nursing, uh, inpatient bedside nursing, some do research. So soup to nuts. So all are welcome. Louise, thanks for sharing that. I'm just curious, how would a staff nurse get involved in the organization? It sounds like it has a lot of good benefits for pediatric nursing and it's pretty general and broad. And so I bet that would um, lend really well to many of our nurses within our organization. So what what would be kind of the recommendations that you'd have to get involved or become a member? Or how would someone learn more about SPN? Internally, they could email me directly or they check the website. If you Google SPN, uh, pedsnurses.org comes up um, and you can look at, you know, what the mission statement is. And our mission statement is basically to be aligned with pediatric nursing and to promote, you know, wellness and health. But also our chapter is involved with education, education of our nurses. So we usually provide contact hours. It's been a little difficult the last couple of years with COVID, but 
We usually run um, an annual conference every year. If they log onto the website, they can hit the chapters that are involved and get involved that way. Our contact is membership information there as well. Well, that sounds like a really beneficial organization for the general pediatric um, nurse. And there's a journal too. So, I mean, most organizations have journals and there's a journal too that you can subscribe to. The electronic one is free with membership. We have nurses that, within the institution that we know that have published in that journal too. So it's great. Great. How about either Caroline or Colleen? What are some of the organizations that you belong to and how did you get involved and what are they about? Well, I can start. This is Caroline. I think in some ways I'm lucky because um, I belong to the Association of Pediatric Association of Hematology Oncology Nursing, AFON. I also joined the Oncology Nursing Society, ONS, because that was another professional organization related to oncology broadly. And then I'm also a member of the Association of Nursing Professional Development, ANPD. Um, and I think with my role as an educator, ANPD was um, Association of Nursing Professional Development was important to join to really um, learn more about nursing in a professional development specialist role. And I think that is something that drove me to join that organization. I belonged to AFON for many years, probably you know, over 20 years. And I feel that it was really important to join an organization related to pediatric oncology because I felt that I wanted to get to know others from outside my organization that you know manage these patients. This is such a specialty especially I'm in bone marrow transplant, that we really do a lot of benchmarking with other organizations. And it really provides an opportunity to reach out and meet others that are taking care of the similar patients, learn from them. I also was lucky enough that through APON, I've been on different committees. I was on conference program planning committee for a few years for probably two conferences. And that's another opportunity, one, to advocate for helping others see how important it is to go attend these conferences, provide content and speakers or poster presenters. So again, I was able to like advocate for topics and what could be added to make the conference, you know, that much better. And then I was able to, you know, help colleagues here at Boston Children's be able to prepare their own abstracts for presenting or having posters. But my biggest probably involvement was through APON. You know, we have a certification, certified pediatric hematology oncology nurse, but also we have a blood and marrow transplant certified nurse specialty or certification. But what happens is, as they prepare those tests, they do call-outs through AFARM, asking for volunteers to, to write the blueprint for the exam, to participate in content writing. So through that, I'm very involved with the Oncology Nursing Certification Corporation as a volunteer, and I'm an item writer for the BMTCN certification exam. I'm really proud of that. I'm on the committee now for going on four or five years, and I have another, I'm on for three additional years. But it really helped because that was a groundbreaking and new exam. And I was part of the group that took the first exam. And I said, well, it could be a better test. And what better way than to, to able to join in and be an item writer? And I know that if I hadn't been a member of APON, gotten my certification, I wouldn't have had that opportunity. But again, I see that APON has really, joining that organization has helped open doors, meet awesome people, and really always have someone you can contact. I know we have each other here at Boston Children's. But honestly, I have people from the East to West Coast that I can contact if I have a question. And I think often in BMT, we have questions. We have benchmarking that we want to do. There's evidence-based projects people are doing. And again, being in part of a national organization gives you those opportunities to be able to network. So that's why I really believe it's important to belong to your organization, meet other people. Yes, this is you know the number one children's hospital, but 
you know what, you can learn from everyone else that's in your subspecialties. So, you know, and I feel that I really have done a lot by belonging to this organization. I've already heard a couple of common themes between Louise and Caroline's um, description of the membership and kind of the influence that you've been able to have. And I think what really resonated with me would be the similarities there is around the ability to influence nursing practice, not just within the organization that you work at Boston Children's Hospital, but at both at a local and then at a national level and how empowering that can be because, you know, the examples that you both gave about how to, you know, standardizing the practice of nursing and in, in both the, as a general pediatric specialty, but then a subspecialty of um, oncology and bone marrow transplant. That's really, it's impressive. And it can imagine that's quite empowering as a, as an employee of the hospital to say, hey, look what, you know, I was able to do and advocate for the specialty of nursing that we're working in. So I commend you for the work that you've done so far and in, in being able to push things up in both the local and the national level. Colleen, can you tell us a little bit about the organization that you belong to? Sure. So similar to Caroline, except for ONS, um, I'm also a member of the Association of Pediatric Hematology Oncology Nurses, AFON. You'll hear us going back and forth, AFON, AFON. They just have really changed it to AFON. So if we slip back, that's just because we've been in this organization so long and we, we forget sometimes. And then also nursing professional development. I'm not as involved in that. I'm involved much more on the periphery of that, you know, more of like the journal and the webinars that are available, but still completely valuable to me in my practice as the educator on the inpatient hematology oncology floor. I think of um, my being involved with AFON is kind of like Benner. I started as a novice and you know, now there's so much information online. You can search anything. And it just, when I first started, it, it was 1987. There just wasn't a lot. If you were a member of the, then it was APON, there was a journal and that was really the most up-to-date information that you could get. And I can't remember who reached out to me to join and I will ever be ever thankful for that. Um, I got involved in that and stayed really involved. And then I had kids and, you know, but then I get, came back to it and I really felt like this is where my career actually at Boston Children's, I really do owe it. I feel like to my professional organization that it really took off from there. And I became at some point the chapter president of the, the Boston chapter. And once you get involved in your professional organization, the people that are that are bigger in that organization, you know, the national organization, they start to see you and they start to notice you. And I can remember one of the nurses, her name's Janice, reaching out to me to ask me if I wanted to be one of the local chapter liaisons, which means I would oversee 10 different chapters. And I was like, you think that I can do this? You know, when somebody believes that you can do it, then you're like, well, somebody else thinks I can do it. So maybe I really can do it. And I really feel that that's really where my career just, I, I actually also did a little bit of writing. Nancy Klein, who used to be one of the nurse scientists at Boston Children's and then went over to Sloan Kettering. She asked me to do some writing and I was like, I don't know how to write. And she's like, I'll help you. And I think that's the thing that I had these resources and these really mentors to help me kind of keep going through each step of the way. And and that's what I try to do with our staff. I don't think I've convinced as many people to join AFON as I would like to the local chapter. I think part of it is COVID. You know, it's it's hard with all Zoom meetings and I'm 
really anxious to see what the chapter will look like when we, you know, get back to in live meetings. But I really do feel like AFON is really what has helped me to develop confidence and grow in my career and then bring it back here and keep networking like Caroline was saying and, and Louise was saying. It's just we feel like it's a big place, but it's really small compared to the whole rest of the world and, and reaching out and globally and internationally. So I really owe AFON a lot for my career trajectory. And so each of you mentioned at some point in time that you are doing some sort of volunteerism at the level of the in the organization. And so I'm kind of, I'm curious um, if you could tell uh, tell me a little bit how did you get involved and do the volunteerism, and what do you how do you stay involved and what does that time commitment look like? Right. So if I'm volunteering for an item writer for a, a national test, what does that time commitment look like? So that if you know, nursing staff are interested in getting involved in the organization at the volunteer level. What does that picture look like for you guys right now? Well, for item writing, what happens is they put out a call for someone to either contribute to the blueprint or can be an item writer. And they've done it for years. And what happened was the first time it came across my, you know, my desk as someone said to me, that sounds like really interesting, something, you know, why don't you try doing it? And I did, I didn't even know what it meant. It was to write on the blueprint, but they had another name for it. So it was really, I didn't even know what it meant. It was some weird name. And um, so I go, yeah, I'll do it. You would fly down to Pittsburgh and it's a weekend up doing this writing. So it just happened to be the conference. So I had to stay in Barbara Kokovia. I said, I can't believe I'm, you guys are all leaving and I'm staying here by myself. Or she might not have been, been at the conference. Might have been, I could have been staying with Colleen that time. But it was Barb I talked to and I said to her, I'm really nervous. I'm all alone. I guess I have to put my big girl pants, take a taxi to this big building and figure it out. Because you're by yourself. You don't know anyone. And you get there and you meet some nice people that they help and support you, mentor you through this process. There was a commitment, but usually for any volunteer, when they ask you either to be a, on the conference program planning, there's always an outline of what the commitment is. So you'll know going into it, you're not blindly saying, I'm going to do this. They're actually, they list the commitment for item writing. If I'm um, in 2020, it was two weekends of writing, all remote, me at home, sitting for eight or 10 hours, writing with everyone else on Zoom. And I would have mentees that I was mentoring to write questions. And there was two weekends of that. And then one weekend, I was literally going through all three bone marrow transplant exams, all of us taking the test independently to cross-check and see how we do. And then we go through the questions. So again, it was six whole weekends. The one beauty of ONCC, it is a private organization. So they probably are able to fund things. And they did usually pre-pandemic, you'd fly down for one weekend a year as an item writer. It could be two, but they would pay for everything, a hotel. And you'd be with your writing group who you've been working with for now years. That probably took the edge off the, the work because it is work and you're tired. Mm -hmm. But what's nice about it is I've been able to encourage others to participate. So since I've been on the item writing, three people have participated as either item writers or blueprint developers. I think if we keep that up and keep teaching people, talking about it, we did a nursing rounds about it. I think you can hopefully light a fire under someone else. Um, you're mentored, you're taught about writing questions, um, you're getting support. There is a time commitment for the conference. Again, it's Zoom calls. It could be a two or four hour phone call. Depends where you are in planning that conference. But again, they tell you when you sign on or when someone approaches you, they're like, I really think you would love you on this committee. They go, again, it's really outlined what your responsibilities are. Sometimes things come up, but again, it can be a time commitment. And some of it is on your on my own time and 
you know, I choose that. But again, I really feel I'm making a difference in developing BMTC and certified nurses. So I'll let someone else speak now. <laughs> Maybe we'll bump over to Louise. Um, Louise, you talked to, uh, that you were the president. So would you Aaron, had yeah. other volunteerism within SPN? So can you share with us a little bit of what that has pictures look like for you? Sure. Just to just to follow up, though, with um, I appreciate you writing the questions because then I went and took the field test. So unless of a commitment, you know, you're still like contributing to the organization and you're still contributing to the field. But I have certifications through ANCC in pediatrics and nursing professional development, and I took both those field tests. And again, it's like I hadn't sat for an exam, you know, since my boards a few centuries ago. So it was just very nerve wracking to have to go and do that. But I said, I I felt like I was obligated to go and do that. I was asked to do it. You know, Colleen was saying, you know, they feel you can do it. You've got the certification, you practice on that field, you know, so I did do it. It was a little nerve wracking watching all the younger people doing the exam. And, you know, like, is this one of those ones like when you do so many questions, you can get up and leave? Like I was, I was totally unnerved by that. Again, it was a wonderful thing to be able to volunteer and contribute to. So but that was on a shorter time frame than, you know, Caroline would have had for an entire weekend. Colleen was saying how, you know, they asked her to be, you know, on this, you know, oversee this general group and everything. And they said to me, oh, can you be to any rep? And I was like, oh, yeah, I can be to any rep. I thought it was New England. It was Northeast. It was like all the way down to Virginia. So hook, line and sinker. Just, yeah, I was in there. But. It was a matter of me touching base with the other chapter presidents, helping them with questions that they had about their chapters, keeping them going. There was a time when uh, something within um, the IRS changed in terms of doing tax returns. And so we had to get, we had to reinstate a bunch of chapters into a um, nonprofit tax bracket so that... um, And that was a lot of work for people who didn't know how to navigate that. And one of them being me. So it was a learning curve for me. But then I had to, you know, like help others through it as well. But there's, like I said, those other groups, there's a, our behavioral health population has skyrocketed this year, the last couple of years. And um, SPN does have um, now a subcommittee that is strictly focused on that, um, which is great. We have people from within the organization that participate on that as well. So there are other ways to get involved and we do have webinars. You can, you know, if you're like to present, can uh, submit to SPN to present, you know, on a webinar. And every time we go to a national conference or an event, you know, we always bring something. There's an organization we're supporting nationally, uh, crayons for cradles. You know, that was one of them at one point. Um, there are other, it was a homeless one. I know that we had contributed to at one point. So there are other ways along those lines. I know uh, we haven't specifically, but within, you know, Boston, trying to be involved with, you know, school nurses. Um, I know other organizations have participated, like at the marathon. Pediatrics doesn't quite fit with the marathon, but there are, you know, we're trying to get ourselves out there and be more involved. Colleen, what does your volunteerism picture look like in terms of time commitment and activities that you've been involved in? How did you get there? Well, I don't pick as serious things as Caroline and Louise do. I pick much more fun things, I think. But I think that's really the positive part about being a part of your professional organization is that you can pick what you want to do. 
unlike work, sometimes you're told what you have to do. Um, here, you can pick what's interesting to you. And I've done, AFON actually has term limits on a lot of their committees. So usually you can't be in a role for a, a long, long time because they want to keep having new people. As a matter of fact, I'm rotating off of the local chapter committee right now. And the local chapter committee liaison is I oversee about 10 different chapters and help them with their reports if there's any kind of issues. And it's so awesome because you're actually really working sort of on the ground level of the local chapters. And that's what really is the whole organization, right? If you don't have local chapters, you don't have your national organization. And it's really I'm really so sad to be coming off of this. I uh, re-upped the last time, and but now I'm actually reaching out to the people that I've worked with all these years, and I've gotten three of them to apply to take my position, and then there's another position. So, you know, it's kind of that whole full circle of, you know, somebody recognizing that I can do it, I did it, and just kind of how that all, you know, cycles around each other. At right now, probably the biggest committee that I'm working on is the Global Health Committee, which I do here at Boston too. So it's really given me the opportunity to reach out to a lot of nurses across the globe. Mainly we're working with um, nurses in Africa, but really connecting them with the Association of Pediatric Hematology Oncology Nurses. And, you know, they're seeing opportunities that they never saw. So similar to when I started my career, and there wasn't really much. Now, these nurses, where there wasn't really much education, um, now they're actually being provided with a lot of this education. So it's really awesome to just kind of see what a national organization can do for, you know, not just your members in the U.S. and Canada, but really across the whole globe. That's really fantastic work that has expanded from the, you know, kind of the outer circle, right? Starting an inner circle and moving it really at the global level and being able to influence that practice. That's fantastic that they're they're able to do that. You know, each of you kind of talked in a little bit and highlighted um, kind of hot topics that your organization talks about. So kind of global health that you were the talking and Louise talking about the behavioral health. So I'm curious from your organizational perspective, what is the conversations that are happening at the national level in terms of environmental scanning? Like what are the things that that, that organization is looking at for the nursing profession for the say next three to five years? What are some of the things that challenges or the benefits or the things that they are kind of working on to influence nursing practice um, from each level? I would say from AFON, diversity is is huge. You look at the people that are in the offices and there's not a lot of diversity and really bringing in a lot younger staff. So I, I think, I mean, that's partly why AFON changed. They added the hematology component years ago, but it, they always said APON. And now it's the H is no longer silent. So it's kind of like talking about the whole, you know, hematology, oncology. It's not just really sort of oncology and hematology is being brought along. They're really looking at a lot of advocacy. There's um, an internship that nurses can apply for where they actually go to Washington, D.C. and work with senators. And, you know, the advocacy, I think diversity, you know, those are the big mentorship. Those are, I would say, the biggest things. Health still like that in terms of they still look at fertility and all of survivorship. Yeah. Yeah. Like really like where do those 
you know, young adults up to 39 years old, where do they really fit into the whole hematology oncology world? So really those are the kind of things that I would say are a lot of AFON's priorities right now. Louise, I know you had mentioned that behavioral health was one. Are there any other topics that are hot right now in the SPN world? And I know, Carolyn, I'm going to plant the seed now because I know you've mentioned that involvement at AMPD, as, as am I involved in. And so curious to your thoughts around the hot topics from an AMPD perspective. Yeah, we have a conference coming up in um, April, actually. And I would just like to put a plug in for national conferences that you're able to go to. My nursing career has afforded me to be able to travel to lots of places I would never have gone to myself over the years. And I totally appreciate that. I don't know what the uh, conference will focus on this year in particular. Uh, there's usually a theme. Yeah, so it does sound like both organizations that have been discussed so far are really kind of looking at what's happening right now in the practice settings that our nurses are practicing and then let's address those needs. Um, yeah, I think too, that there are a lot of um, discussion about post-COVID, um, you know, where we're at, how to deal with that should become an issue again or flare, you know, escalate again. What have we learned, you know, and there's been so much. I mean, it's amazing. Um the other thing, too, is um, LGBTQ youth is always a topic. The behavioral and suicide rates were increased as well. And that's one of the populations that was impacted by COVID, that needing disorders in particular. Yeah. Caroline, what are you seeing from the ANPD organization that you mentioned you are a part of? Um, things I've been seeing is resiliency, diversity. One other one of them throughout the pandemic for the past years has been a lot of their topics or their education, their little education sessions that I attend are about really education, you know, virtual education in the many avenues. To me, that seems to be a very hot topic as I've attended so many of them, but I honestly have learned so much from them. And then what's interesting is you wonder, do we have that? And then when you think deeper within who the speaker was and where they might come from, you can find that, yes, you know, Boston Children's does have something like that. And, you know, I can now contact someone about, you know, using um, virtual reality, which, you know, I'm really excited about and our um, MPs were excited about. But I think from, you know, attending some of these workshops or topics that they have on their um, like podcasts or their education sessions, really, you can have a lot of takeaways from them. And what I've seen is resiliency, but definitely a lot about you know, how educators can really provide the best education and not in person. And what are those, what are all the options out there? And I think that's important to me as an education specialist here to be able to learn. Because I think, especially within my setting on Six West, you know, there's not a lot. We've not done a lot with SIM or with virtual reality or anything. So I think it's really helped get me the words I can use and to start that conversation here and really advocate for my staff to be able to have these things. Yeah. If you were to kind of think about the alignment practice at Boston Children's Hospital to those national organizations that you belong to, do you find that the practice is mirrored and in, in, in alignment or do you often find yourself advocating on one end or the other for something that hasn't happened or should happen, right? Like maybe at the national level, you're, or you're advocating for something that you're seeing in practice that they maybe haven't heard of or vice versa, where you're seeing something at convention like, oh, we haven't. I think Caroline kind of highlighted a little bit, alluded to that fact in some of the organizations. But are you finding the congruency between the two organizations or is there any aspects of the organizations that you're like, oh, I can influence that because I think that's impacting our nursing practice and I bet it's impacting others too? 
I think the mission and the conversations that are, you know, happening um, on the national level are very much in line with what we're doing at Children's. I actually look to see, you know, when, when I hear about things, I'm like, oh, have we already discussed that? Is there a group looking at that? Um, a focus group or, you know, again, I love when they send out emails and they're like, has anybody been involved? And people will respond, you know, so the best way, you know, to find best practice, but also to get a focus group together or, you know, team together to look at it. And they've written position papers on, you know, topics that would be beneficial to any pediatric institution. So I think they do a really good job about that. Yeah, it definitely sounds like there's a lot of congruency between that. Colleen and Caroline, are you finding similars with the organizations that you're mentioning? I think so. I think, and Colleen can probably speak more of it, when we started teaching using the chemotherapy, biotherapy course, the AFON one, we truly found things that we weren't congruent with. And I think it helped us to advocate for proper PPE for, I mean, right? Isn't that true? Medicine chemotherapy. Yeah, the new grad yeah. said, how come you're teaching us this, but we're not doing it? And it's like, um, yeah. that's a good point. We should probably change our practice. Yeah. It was always something we were going to get around to. And then, you know, you have some young kids. And, and that's, and I that's think, the nice mean. thing about having a standardized curriculum. Mm-hmm is that everybody hears the same thing. And unfortunately, when you teach it, sometimes it gets a little dry, but you can't really, you can't really change the content. So you can't say like, maybe I'll skip this slide about doing this kind of safe handling because we're not really doing it exactly the right way. And you can't do that when you're teaching this curriculum and, and you get challenged on that and not challenged in a bad way. And it really, it forces many of us who've been doing things same way for a lot of years to really think about why do we do it this way? Yeah. And honestly, at that time, it was all the new staff going through the classes first. The old timers were waiting. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. So it really was, you know, jump started us and got us thinking. And I think that's a great example of, you know, an organization and having standards that we need to be adhering to. Yeah. So I do think it was good. But one thing I do find when we go to conference, a lot of times we say, like, I'm just going to use the example of like pet therapy. I remember we had had pet therapy for for years and we went to an AFON conference and somebody had a poster about doing pet therapy and we're like, why? And I think that's the, that's the good and the bad about working at a big institution. Like some of the things you just, you're doing and you adopt them and you just don't even think about it. And I think that's where sometimes we maybe miss that we don't write up something that we're doing or we or maybe we do it, but we don't have the, we don't do maybe a literature review as, as in depth as we should. And we sometimes I feel like at least in our practice, we sort of start doing something and it works and we're like, all right, this is good. This is good. And then we just kind of move on and we don't either one, write it up or two, really look to evaluation, you know, and I, I know we're this podcast isn't really about this, but I think that, you know, sometimes that's what we find in conferences that we're doing a lot of it and we're like, wow, I guess we should have written it. Yeah. Yeah. It happens a lot. Yeah. (laughs) So we try to encourage the younger kids when they do something or see something and it's of interest and like one nurse right now, we have a baby that's um, getting chemotherapy and the mom is breastfeeding and there's just nothing really in the literature about, you know, I mean, it makes sense that the mom should breastfeed, but, you know, there's not really anything about it. So we've kind of talked about, like, she's reached out to the lactation specialist here. 
She's done a lit review. She's worked with the librarian. And even though there's not a whole lot about it, we can develop some guidelines for moms that that do want to breastfeed when their child is getting chemotherapy and, you know, what's sort of the best way to go about this. So it's great when, you know, when people have questions and they have, they're not really sure about it. And, you know, it's not maybe a full out EBP project, but it, it gets to the evidence of what we need sort of in that moment. And it's really exciting to see those kind of things happening. So hopefully that will go to a conference. She could take it to SPN. Okay. Yeah. That's <laughs> you can bring it over to there. I guess, you know, my, my next thought is, you know, like if you, each of you have highlighted in some capacity or another that you've, you know, brought other people along, that you've got them to volunteer. And so if you were to think about a singular piece of advice that you would give to a nurse at BCH about getting involved in a professional organization, what would your advice be? What would that one-liner elevator speech of advice be about professional organizations from your your experience in in mm. participating in them? Um, I think for me, I would say to someone, find what one what your passion is. I'm going to speak to bone marrow transplant because that's what I know, but is there a particular thing about bone marrow transplant that there was real passion for? And then look and see then, um, it could be that someone really, they want to be a chemo biotherapy instructor or they want to be, maybe someone who really does like to write test questions or do they want to just work on policy or standards. And maybe if you have a particular passion and then look for that in the organization, I mean, really drive what, you know, pick the organization that's best for you. What one is going to meet your needs and really help you as a um, novice nurse or wherever you are in your career, but what, what's your passion and what organizations you feel will meet that passion best? Yeah, I agree. I think it's really hard to um, engage staff, especially these days, you know, to be involved and dedicated. Um, I know we had tried to run evening seminars and people were either working 12 hour shifts or just didn't fit into their, you know, work life schedule or, or they, you know, had other commitments. And so we ended up offering weekend conferences, but knowing, you know, who your audience is, you know, really did help. Well, while I was still involved in SPM, but not to this extent, there were other organizations I was also involved in because at the time I was getting my master's and I was working over at the sim lab over at Simmons and I was involved with them um, in Axel and they actually had the sta- wrote the standards for nursing practice, simulation nursing practice. And so we modeled um, a lot of what we did at the time based on those standards, which was awesome. But then, you know, as I grew and went through, through all that, um, I actually presented at the International Pediatric Simulation Symposium in Amsterdam and did presentation on the simulation work that we were doing with the community nurses. Um, and that was all about crisis resource management. I think other people hearing you say, oh, you did that? And I was like, oh, yeah. I think we don't talk about the things that we do, you know, big or small. Colleen and I both belong in the dissemination council within the hospital, but getting the word out there and then having people read or hear about it. People are just so focused on getting their work done. And, you know, this is one more activity for them to be involved in. But I think hearing about it, you know, it's like, this is all great work. And yeah, it's work. I mean, there's no cutting around it. But if it's your passion, if it's something that you love and you can find someone to coach you or mentor you through the process, I mean, that's half the battle. And um, it's it's all good at the end. I mean, it's like professional growth and, you know, you're 
improving um, care and well-being of patients and staff. So there's a lot of mindfulness going on out there. You know, all that global health is great stuff too. It's Shelly, I just wanted to say when I finished my master's and I was at Simmons and done the simulation and was taking it abroad, my poster, I had gone to my first um, ANPD conference, which was NNS. NNSDO. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. My study didn't bear out what I was hoping it was going to. Uh, it was about English language learning nursing students, which was a mouthful in and of itself, but their satisfaction and uh, self-confidence was simulation because I was seeing all these diverse candidates, nursing candidates that I wasn't sure that they were engaging in the simulation. So I wanted to do this, you know, study. So anyways, I brought it to ANPD thinking, you know, this is great. I just got to get it out there because it was my study and all that. And blown away by the president, who was the editor at the time, coming and saying to me, you should publish this. I was just like, seriously, there's not, nothing came out of it. This is like when you learn, she's like, I know, but it validates the work that you're doing, that you're currently doing, that there is no need to change the practice. I was able to get in with the um, uh, National Nursing Student Organization, and they actually sent out the survey like nationally. So I had really good data. And then she was like, that's just great. It just benefits the faculty, you know, that what they're doing, it justifies what they're doing is what validates what they're doing, that it's, it's, it's all good. And I was just like, wow, did I write it up? No, I was so fried from that. <laughs> I, I was like, I can't even sit down to begin think about writing it up. But I just remember going to the conference and it was the first one I'd gone to um, for ANPD and you were there. No. <laughs> and that was my whole point is that you were there and you were just like, bring me a lot. Not only that, but I got second place from my poster. I was just like- You remember that, yeah. I know, I was like, this is crazy. This is like beginner's luck or something, you know? <laughs> Networking, but I got to know a lot of the CEI folks through that as well. Like even being within the hospital, and we didn't get to see everybody all the time. And even if we met like partially at a professional development, you know, council meeting, you still didn't get to have a conversation with them about anything. Yeah. So I really appreciated that. And thank you very much for like helping me yeah, smooth the way from beginning to end there and staying involved. So. Oh, well, you're welcome. It was really fun. I remember a couple of different conferences we were at. I think most recently, New Orleans, I think was the maybe the last. In a New Orleans, too. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Well, that was really nice of you to share that with me, Louise. I appreciate that. What would your piece of advice be, Colleen? Well, you need to say yes. You need to get to a meeting and see what it's about. I think about uh, a nurse who's on Six West. I'll say Denise Braddock. And these, our local chapter would have five educational meetings a year. And she would take five vacation days and she'd get her kids all taken care of. In the morning, she would do whatever she was gonna do. She'd come into work early, she'd have lunch with somebody, and then she would go to the meeting. So she made it sort of this whole day about her. And I think that a lot of times with organizations, just like everything else, you have to plan to put the time into it and to be available for the meetings and then you can't you kind of can't help to get the feel the excitement about the meetings i think one other thing is similar to this nurse who's doing sort of her own evp on on with the breastfeeding mom 
is really highlighting that to the staff. Um, she actually, the same nurse, did something a couple of years ago. She had taken care of a patient that had a kind of a rare syndrome. And um, she ended up doing a nursing rounds, which is something that we do on the sixth floor, sort of, you know, short presentations. She wrote an abstract for APON. She, APON, she got a poster accepted and then she went to the conference. And I think that's the unfortunate thing is with COVID is that you get people to go to a conference and they are, you can't help but feel that excitement. In, sure. And it's and it's so much bigger than Boston Children's Hospital. Just And you just, you can't help but get excited. And I really do believe this nurse, Kelly, this is why she wants to do this. I'm not saying to go back to a conference, but she felt it. She felt that accomplishment, people talking to her about her poster, that sense of pride. And I think that's what a professional organization helps you to get on the track, the right track to develop your yourself professionally. Yeah, I agree. I think that makes a huge difference when you're, you have the opportunity to attend the conference. It, people come back with ideas. They're like, I'm going to do this. And from that conference alone, people came, a couple of people came back from it and did EBP projects and stuff. Mm-hmm. The one other thing I meant to add is also ask someone, find your passion, but also ask your colleagues. Ask If you know Caroline or Colleen's a member of AFON, ask them what it's like, or maybe a younger staff member, you know, and ask them, what's your experience? What do you think about this? Because there's a lot of good energy out there. And I think you build on that energy and you know, and that's that filters to everyone, hopefully, or to more, you know, to a fair amount of staff. I agree with what you're saying. There is something to be said about sitting in the convention hall with, um, you know, a hundred to a thousand, depending on the size of the convention, like-minded people who are there with the same passion and drive and energy that you have. And you're right, Colleen, there is an energy in those rooms that is indescribable and palpable. um, And it really does invigorate you to want to come back to your organization or it makes you feel a sense of pride and saying, yeah, we're already doing that as an organization. Um, and so I think you're right. To me, a good a piece of advice I always give is just go and attend the convention as a member. Just go and sit there and listen to what they're talking about. Listen to the conversations they're having. Where is the practice going? And find an opportunity to, you know, to Caroline's point of it could be a one little tidbit of something that somebody says and you're like, I, I, I have that same passion. Let's work on something together and being able to influence the practice and the profession really at the at the larger level. And so um I I appreciate those words of advice for our colleagues here at Boston Children's Hospital. And, you know, I think we highlighted some of kind of the high, most well-known organizations, but there are so many organizations that are out there for nurses to join, both at the local level as well as the national level. And so, you know, if you're not sure where to get started, talk to your educator, talk to your nurse manager, talk to um, experts in your area and say, hey, what organizations do you belong to and where, where do you see those benefits to be? And just take that first step of just going to a meeting or going to the convention. Um, Colleen, I think you bring up the great point, too, is that sometimes it's that um, sharing of the ideas through poster or publication that gets you to be there and, um, you know, disseminating kind of best practices from in the walls of our hospital and then going and saying, wow, that was really empowering to me as my my professional career. So. I appreciate all of the um, the advices that you had. And, um, you know, each of you alluded at one point in time to kind of some of the benefits. But if you were to share one one benefit that you have found for yourself um, by being a member of a professional organization, what would you say is the number one thing for you? 
Um, I think it's networking for sure. I mean, the, the ability to network across the country and internationally even is there's no other platform that allows you to do that, you know, that you can just get out there and, you know, everybody's got a voice and it's just an incredible feeling. Like you were saying, you know, your ownership of what you know, but also being able to, you know, share that with other people and to gather their ideas and looking for be at best practice. And, you know, we were talking um, the other day in the educator meeting just about, you know, we have to onboard like a slew of new nurses and, you know, Greg Durkin, who's, you know, the head of our CEI was talking about, well, they're doing X, Y, and Z at this place. And, you know, this other part, maybe we need to talk and get together and see how that, and all that networking just fuels your wanting to be engaged and involved and coming to an outcome that you're really um, impassioned about. And I know Teresa, you know, is full into like all the simulation aspects of it and is got feelers out there everywhere with a bunch of different, um, you know, interdisciplinary groups within the institution and outside as well that she brings back. And it's a great feeling to be able to be that engaged and involved and then to be able to share that with the other members of your, your team or the institution. So yeah, networking. Yeah. And I think, Louise, you bring up, uh, it's not just the networking at the convention, but being able to say, oh, and I have this contact in Seattle, Washington now. Let me reach out to that yes. person and say, what are you doing out there? Is this in alignment with what we're doing here? You can know, share ideas because I heard you talk at convention about this. And so I can appreciate how networking can be so valuable. Mm. What about Colleen and Caroline? What is the one benefit that you... I think for me personally, it's um, been the mentorship. And I think I was probably more of a mentee when I first got involved. And now I do feel that I have been able to mentor quite a few nurses through that local chapter organization, but again, uh, globally and, you know, reaching out to them and, you know, they'll reach out for advice or, you know, I'll teach a class that they'll be involved in and, I mean, some of it is just their kind words afterwards, but it's just, I think, that feeling of of mentorship and, you know, again, kind of your career kind of coming full circle. It's kind of interesting to um, look back and see me going to sort of my first AFON meeting and, and now being that expert in the organization. I'm actually on the nominating committee on the national on the national committee this year, and I think that is a really great opportunity for me because I have... Um, met and so many new people. So I think that this will really help. Hopefully will help to bring in some new people into the organization as well. And Caroline, what about for you? I'm gonna, I have to agree with Louise. I really, networking is huge for me. I can remember and um, back over 22 years ago when I worked at another institution out of state, we were trying to benchmark. And it's like, Caroline, I was only, I was staff nurse three down there. It's like, Caroline, go and call other places and ask them how they do X, Y, and Z other Bomer units, Bomer transplant units. My nurse manager was a former nurse here for Joanne Geek for the on Bomer transplant. And she said, I know Bomer, I have their phone number in Boston, but find out, you know, you figure out who else to call. And it was like, I knew no one. I called Boston, talked to someone here about whatever the question was. It was about using bathrooms and the patient rooms. So then fast forward, I'm more involved in APON. I finally started meeting people. And here I am able to 
oh, what, I need information. I can call. I have a list of, you know, phone of friends, not just the listserv on the organization, but you develop personal relationships mm -hmm. through participating on committees with them or on um, different projects. So now I feel that anytime there's something or benchmarking, I have someone to call. But often now I'm on the receiving end of those phone calls. There's a lot of new staff out there. Um, one of my item writing friends just joined um, LA Children's and throughout the pandemic, I routinely heard from her, what are you guys seeing about this? What are you doing about this? How do you handle this? I, you know, How do you handle thiotepa? That's a particular chemo we give and a skincare regimen. So again, it's now I seem to be on that other end of the, getting a lot more mm -hmm. phone calls. And you know, there's a lot of people out there that need guidance and help and an organization provides that foundation of, especially in pediatrics, you do, you know, it's not huge, like adult medicine. And again, our subspecialties are just that so special. So being able to get that exact person you need to talk to, the networking helps you validate. Like when we were experiencing things last year with our behavioral health population, I was on a call for, I think the conference planning and everyone was going through the same thing. And to hear that, and then knew it was really was something that was on a national level and wasn't just happening you know, in our little microcosm. So I think also it helps you understand that a lot, you can see a lot of things are happening. This is a crisis, national crisis. So again, and that can help you just feel like, you know, this is something we have to work on and at a more national needs help, you know, more national level or whatever. And networking's big. Oh, yeah. And it's great that I, you know, I heard from all of you saying, you know, this network and kind of mentoring relationship is really the biggest benefit. Um, it's the common thread there is the relationship building that you've done with each other and then having it come full circle now and getting mentoring others and bringing them on board. And I think that just really like attests to what the benefit really can be from a professional organization and starting is kind of novice, right? Going off of Benner's model that you were saying there, Colleen, in the beginning and then coming now and here you're the expert and the proficient person that newer members are looking up to. So I think that's um, a really great examples of how um, professional membership can be so beneficial to you know, to the profession for an individual as well as the profession at large. And so I really appreciate you guys taking the time today to share all the benefits and the wonderful work that you're doing at the national and locals, and as well as what we know you do as wonderfully as you do in, within the walls of children. So um, I thank you all for taking the time to share all of this great knowledge with our peers and colleagues at Boston Children's Hospital. And hopefully you'll get some new faces in your organization as a result of them listening to this podcast. So thank you all. Thank you for the all opportunity. You. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This podcast is sponsored by the Innovation Digital Health Accelerator, Boston Children's Hospital, with support from the emergency department and our inpatient medicine programs. Until next time, thank you for listening to the Small Talk Podcast.